had to rethink everything about how we do business. It's almost like a meteor hit the entire planet. It's chaos, complete chaos. For businesses, large and small. No revenue coming in whatsoever. Coronavirus represents an unprecedented challenge. From Fortune Media, this is reInvent, a podcast about fighting to thrive in a world turned upside down. I'm Beth Coet, Fortune Senior Editor. And I'm Adam Lashinsky, Executive Editor. The coronavirus has wreaked havoc on businesses everywhere. Over the next few weeks, Beth and I are going to bring you stories of how some are reinventing themselves, or at least trying to. So Adam, this is our first episode, and I thought a great place for us to start would be the restaurant industry. Restaurants are the engines of our economy in so many ways. They're often small businesses that employ a lot of people. They end up funding and supporting other small businesses. And let's not forget that they're also so important culturally. What we eat and how is just so essential to who we are as a society. And COVID has completely thrown that all into flux. Illinois and Ohio closing all bars and restaurants beginning tonight. We have to let go temporarily all of our employees. And we had to shut down a business that's been here for over 30 years. Right. I mean, you couldn't think of an industry that is affected in a worse way. I mean, this is an industry that gathers its customers in small places, often indoors, sitting very close to each other, drinking and laughing and having a good time, which means speaking loudly to each other, which, of course, we know that's totally forbidden because those things make the disease highly transmissible. Beth, you live in Manhattan, which is really one of the restaurant capitals of the world. What is New York without restaurants? It's been weird. It's been eerie seeing places that are often packed now, now just completely empty and really sad to see some of these historic places close. Uh, but, but just to be clear, this is, this is not just a New York story. COVID has devastated restaurants across the country. Millions of jobs have evaporated. This spring alone, restaurants across the nation lost over $100 billion in sales. Credit Suisse analyst has said that the second quarter was the worst in history for restaurants. Now, of course, it is gloomy, but we've also seen restaurants try to adapt. They're doing takeout. They're doing drinks to go. They're seating people outdoors, at least while the weather is good. But Beth, can restaurants subsist on this? I think the answer to that is no. Um, and and to get a, a better sense of what the industry is up against, I spoke to David Chang. Do you pay attention to res- your restaurant reviews? Unfortunately, I'm a bit obsessive about you it. You are obsessive. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel like you are? Chang transformed a tiny storefront in New York's East Village into the most influential restaurant brand in America. In 2004, David Chang opened a casual restaurant in New York called Momofuku, a ramen bar. And he's since grown this into just a restaurant empire. With more New York locations, a restaurant in Australia, a cookbook, a food journal. But even more than being a chef, he has become extremely influential in the food world more broadly. He has a podcast, he has a TV show, he has a, a memoir that just came out. He's a really important figure, and when he talks about food, people people listen. He also has a really thoughtful, ironic perspective on things, and here's what he told me about being a chef. What a crazy job. You need to have an understanding of the sciences 
of chemistry, of anatomy, of horticulture, right? How to advertise, lighting, design. I don't know of any other job that that is like a Venn diagram cross-section of just about every kind of field possible. You spend all this time, whether you're doing fast food and you're just opening up bags and you're putting it in a fryer to making hook cuisine and you need 15 people to make one dish and then you're selling a plate of food for $500. Whatever you're doing, a lot of work went into it, whether you realize it or not, from seed or the birth of an animal to you know the, the harvesting and eventually the butchering, slaughtering of an animal and everything in between and all the energy, everything that went into your food, when you start to calculate, you're like, holy hell, that's crazy only to see it flush down a toilet eight to 10 hours later. It is like mind-bendingly stupid. So despite having his own empire, um, he's also an advocate for independent restaurants, and he's had to close two of his own restaurants amid COVID. Um, And a lot of people think if, if Momofuku has to do this, what does it mean for the rest of the industry more broadly? When we spoke, the first thing I asked him was, what's what's the current state of the industry right now? Have things gotten better or worse? Um, I don't know if things have gotten better per se. Um, well, I should say, I think we've just adapted to it a little bit better. That's probably the only thing that's changed is we've learned to understand the difficulty uh, a little bit better, the, the obstacle in front of us and dealing with whatever trauma that is. At the end of the day, we can't do this without government assistance. And, you know, I always say the restaurant industry has been a metaphorical car that's always needed a new engine and shocks and brakes and a muffler. But we could never fix it because it was always on the move. And now it's stopped. And let's take the time to do this right. Beth, explain this metaphor. What does Chang mean that the restaurant industry is a broken car that just can't stop moving? The restaurant business is brutal, even in the best of times. There's razor-thin profit margins. I think banks recognize the shaky financial foundation that a lot of uh, the industry is based on, and therefore it's hard to get loans. There's issues around the way women are treated and marginalized groups. And you know, I think a lot of that is just highlighted uh, now by coronavirus. Um, you know, One of the most fascinating things that Chang told me was that restaurants play a similar role to banks. We are banks. We just don't hold on to the money and collect interest. We are banks that bring it in and we immediately send it out to a variety of things from florists to bakers to purveyors to farmers to employees. That's what happens. We're like the oil in this culture, right? We just constantly lubricate it by giving it away. Maybe the country can absorb a you know, million restaurants closing. I don't know. I don't know if we can make lemonade out of it. I need to believe that we can. So this is a really important point here. He's saying that restaurants, it's its more than just your your favorite local joint going out of business. It's also about the businesses they support. Um, to him, restaurants are as important as banks were during the financial crisis of 2008. And perhaps restaurants need the same government bailout that, that banks got. Okay, so David Chang wants government intervention. Maybe that will work, maybe it won't. But 
What are Chang and other restaurant owners doing to stay afloat right now? Interestingly, what restaurants are doing is they're starting to look a little bit less like restaurants. Um, They're diversifying into other lines of business. We started a delivery business. We started an equipment company. We were in media. We've done everything knowing that we have, you know, different kinds of restaurant concepts to diversify for bad times. And one of the things that we also have done was have a lab where we've focused on making mostly fermented products and fermented products ranging from hot sauces to salts to soy sauce and versions of miso. And we've really created a giant catalog of stuff. Uh, Just holding on to it, selling it within our restaurant, selling it to other high-end restaurants. You know, we've dabbled in uh, commercially product goods before with Kraft Heinz and our Sam sauce. We learned a lot. And again, two years ago, we made the decision that we put a lofty goal of changing our revenue to in five years. So really 2025 or 2023, that 50% of our revenue would not come from the four walls of a restaurant, but from consumer product goods. And well, with the pandemic, uh, we had a a five-year plan and now we've tried to accelerate that into six months. So basically, David Chang is saying that COVID has has brought the future to the restaurant industry. So if I'm hearing this right, this is the ultimate effort at reinvention. I mean, he just said that to stay afloat, restaurants are pivoting away from being restaurants. Yeah, I mean, I think at the beginning of the pandemic, there's a little bit of panic and restaurants were selling their ingredients, basically becoming grocery stores. But I think this model is is more permanent. Um, we've also seen some chefs taking to social media to promote themselves, to keep their brands relevant, uh, to remind people how important food culture is. And this is something that David Chang himself has been doing on Instagram. I don't know, a pound of frozen shrimp. I took off the tails while frozen and I added to the Thermomix with some Momofuku soy sauce. I think the question is, is this a long-term solution? So for this story, we spoke with Melissa Wilson. She's a principal in Technomics Advisory Services. She studies the restaurant industry, and she says the near future does not look good. Six months to a year from now, you're going to see a lot fewer restaurants. To survive, a lot of the things that once seemed innovative are now essentially table stakes. Third-party delivery, think Uber Eats, Grubhub digital ordering. So, you know, ordering from your your phone on your couch. But that's that's all about getting food to people's homes. Restaurants are going to have to adopt more new practices in technology when they start opening up their physical spaces again. And Wilson has some pretty interesting examples that are happening right now. In New York City, Magnolia um, Bakery Cafe um, has installed UV portals that you walk through. And these UV portals de-germify consumers as they're walking into the restaurant. You know, if you combine what she's saying with what David Chang said earlier about not knowing how many people in the restaurant industry and the people that supply the restaurant industry will survive all of this, what becomes apparent is that it's going to be a different group of businesses that are serving the restaurants themselves than were before the pandemic. I mean, to take an example, if a florist isn't doing the level of business that they were before, some company that makes these ultraviolet light portals that Melissa Wilson is talking about will be supplying restaurants. Yeah, I think you're right. It's going to reconfigure completely this restaurant economy. Um, 
And that's basically just the stuff that the consumer will see. Wilson also talks about the back of the house and how there's going to be some pretty significant changes happening there as well. Domino's utilizes a device in its kitchens that um, uses artificial intelligence to remotely uh, monitor protocols being followed for how many slices of pepperoni are going on a pizza or how thick they're sliced to be sure that standards are being adhered to. They've uh, made software updates available to monitor adherence to COVID protocols, such as how often gloves are changed, how often things are wiped to ensure that uh, employees aren't touching their face. And here's what she thinks our restaurant experience could be like only just a few years down the road. If it's not wintertime, you may be dining outdoors. <laughs> Restaurants are doing beautiful things, setting up lovely outdoor areas. That is likely to be more of a permanent fixture, weather permitting, because it is it does create a great environment. If you're dining indoors, so you may be walking through some UV portals. Depending on the type of restaurant, um, if it's a full-service restaurant, um, it's going to be more spacious and tables situated further apart, likely to see your menu digitally utilizing your smartphone. You may be seeing a small robot running around that's cleaning, moving dishes. When you go to pay, you don't even need to see your server to do that. Getting back to my interview with David Chang, we spent some time talking about technology and some of these innovations that are on the horizon, and he doesn't necessarily think that this is such a boon. It's obviously not going to go away, Um, and I know that there are a lot of companies plowing capital into that next thing, the way to sort of link together how people want to eat with their smartphone. And whoever wins that is going to create a giant company. But we have to ask ourselves, before we do that, is this going to be better for people? (laughs) Not just better food. Is it going to provide better opportunities? And I think that's the question we need to ask for technology and food. Is Is it going to create a better balance or is it going to make it a more skewed? So Chang has talked about how people are already so removed from their food. They don't necessarily understand where it comes from. And adding another layer in there like technology only takes people further away from that. And it takes the humanity out of it. And that's that's not really what food is about. So Beth, I'm thinking about this, and we've been talking about this industry that has been through so much and whose prospects are so uncertain. And it's leaving me with a question. Why would anyone want to be in the restaurant business right now? Well, that's something you get a really good sense of uh, from Chang's memoir. He admits, like we heard at the top of the episode, that he thinks being a chef isn't necessarily a rational decision. It's actually kind of crazy. And people who do it are drawn to restaurants because they don't actually often fit in anywhere else. To me, cooking is the definition of a existential European absurdist understanding of the world. I'm going to continue to do something that is patently dumb, but I'm going to pour myself into this and I'm going to make it seem like it's life and death and it's going to give me meaning. And there's something like liberating and that's the addiction. It's like that when you talk to cooks or chefs, at least again in my world, their moments aren't like, ah, oh, there's, I'm so, it was this thing, this moment, oh, this dish, it was, wow, 
there was a night when everybody was working perfectly as a team. There was harmony. Guests were having a good time. The vibe was perfect. Like all the products came in. It's it's these really ephemeral moments that like make you forget about the 99% of the bad. And that's why I think in some ways I'm an addict in so many different ways. And I think I'm an addict to that, that high, that kitchen high that so many of us get. You know, listening to him, it reminds me exactly of the way Steve Jobs once started a video when he said, here's to the crazy ones. I mean, Jobs was intoxicated by entrepreneurialism and people who wanted to work on every last detail of a tech product until it was perfect. And not so they could make a bunch of money, but so that they could see that beautiful product go out into the world and for people to use it. And that's exactly the way David Chang sounds when he's talking about his restaurants. And if there's just one last lesson to take away from all this is that the restaurant industry, like so many other industries, will have to have aspects of themselves reinvented, but not themselves, not the people, and not the whole notion of doing a business or making a product. That stays constant. That's exactly right, Adam. I think that it's going to take this kind of attitude, this kind of addiction uh, to have people make it through to the other side. Um, and it is a crazy industry. Chang says you have to be crazy to be in it. And honestly, that may be just the kind of person fighting for it that, that we need right now. Our show is produced and edited by Wyatt Orm. Music is by Brian Campbell of Signal Sounds NYC. Executive producers are Mason Cohn and Megan Arnold. Reinvent is a production of Fortune Media.